0: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. There was a Pharisee named Nicodemus. He was one of the Jewish rulers. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. We know that God is with you. If he weren't, you couldn't do the signs you are doing. Jesus replied, "'What I'm about to tell you is true. No one can see God's kingdom unless they are born again.'" "'How can someone be born when they are old?' Nicodemus asked. "'They can't go back inside their mother. They can't be born a second time.'" Jesus answered, "'What I'm about to tell you is true.'" No one can enter God's kingdom unless they are born with water and the Holy Spirit. People give birth to people, but the Spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised when I say, you must all be born again. The wind blows where it wants to. You hear the sound it makes, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it is going. It is the same with everyone who is born with the Spirit. How can this be, Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus. Don't you understand these things? What I'm about to tell you is true. We speak about what we know. We are witnesses about what we have seen. But still you people do not accept what, I, what we say. I have spoken to you about earthly things, and you do not believe. So how will you believe if I speak about heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven. He is the Son of Man. Moses lifted up the snake in the desert. In the same way, the Son of Man must also be lifted up. Then everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. God so loved the world that he gave his only, one and only Son. Anyone who believes in him will not die, but will have eternal life. God did not send his Son into the world to judge the world, he sent his Son to save the world through him. The Gospel of the Lord. Lord. Welcome. We, it, it's a time change day, right? So <laughs> so did you get up really early or did you get up late today? Really early? Super early, Mom. Super early. Four, three, four, something like that. So you're bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. We're, we're so excited. So I just want to, point out one thing that, that you heard this, y'all, y'all heard this lesson today about Nicodemus, this guy named Nicodemus. Say that name, Nicodemus. Nicodemus. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool name, right? And he goes to talk to Jesus. But here's what's so interesting about this story that you can talk to Miss Anna Lee about um, and that you guys can think about too, you older older youth. He goes in the middle of the night. In the middle of the night is when he goes to talk to Jesus. Like it's a big secret. In the middle of the night he goes and he has questions. And this is what I love. is because he has questions. And I know for a cold hard fact that these guys have big questions. And I know that you have questions. High five. I've heard some of your questions. And they're good questions. So keep asking them. Because that's what we're here to do, is to support each other in asking questions. You can ask Miss Annalie anything. Even if she doesn't know the answer, you can still ask. She loves it. (laughs) So keep asking questions, you older youth, younger, and all of us of all ages, in the middle of the night, whenever we need to, keep asking the questions. Amen.
1: Let's pray. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Don't sit down. I'm going to ask you to trust me. And I'm going to ask you to move from where you are, meaning ladies, pick up your purses, grab your bulletins. Gentlemen, pick up your man purses. Grab your bulletins. And sit Move to a different seat, one you don't ordinarily occupy. So if you're always a back of the church person, move to the front and a different side. I'll give you a minute to do it. Go. And altar party and choir as well. Yeah. (laughs) Do it. (laughs) Awesome, you're doing a good job, I'm impressed, I know, (laughs) that's a fist bump right there, (laughs) deacon, celebrant, preacher right there. You know, that may be prophetic, guys. All right. How did that feel? Terrible. Terrible. (laughs) Different. Uncomfortable. Confusing. Are you sitting with someone you always sit with, or did you end up with somebody different? You got your guy, so as long as you got your guy... Anybody else? Any other ideas? Feelings? Yeah, you know, that's the best thing about being a kid. Change is what we do, huh? Yeah, everybody came to the middle and then went, it was like a Chinese fire drill. It was great. Um, So change can be uncomfortable, right? And change can be confusing. Change can be um, exciting. Change can be um, fear-producing. Change can be, and you can fill in lots of blanks. I know you all have experienced changes in your lives in a variety of ways, and you, you know what the experience of change can be. Changing the hour that, that the clock, that the clock change, the time change. An hour, we lost an hour on a Sunday. It's pathetic. It's actually Father Michael's favorite Sunday of the year. (laughs) So change is hard. And change is exciting. And change calls us into adventure. Adventures that we might not otherwise experience if we didn't decide to Give change a try or embrace change. So so I want to talk about two different characters in our scriptures today. The first is the Old Testament lesson, which we didn't hear. So let me read it to you. It's only like three sentences. It comes from the book of Genesis, chapter 12, verses 1 to 4. Four verses. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you, and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him. At 75 years old, Abram... Pick up your whole family, your herds, your possessions, everything that's familiar, and go to a foreign land. Now, if I were Abram, I'd go, huh? But Abram, Scripture tells us, so Abram went. He just trusted God, and he went. The change that God was asking him to make, apparently, at least the way the scripture reads, he didn't even think twice about God said, go, and he went. That's incredible to me. I know when Dave and I made the decision to go to seminary in Pittsburgh, there was a whole lot of questioning, a whole lot of bargaining going on with God are you sure, God, this seems kind of crazy to me to leave everything and all that we have and all of our friends? And when there's seminaries in California, we could go to, you want us to go across the country to a little borough called Ambridge where it's snow and it's snowy and it's cold. You sure you want us to go there? And so I kind of argued with, not kind of, I argued with (laughs) God. And... um. And as I kept praying about it, and Dave kept praying about it, it was really clear. We got signs and wonders, if you will, that this was the place we were supposed to go for our three years of seminary. So, like Abram, we went. But it wasn't, okay, God, no questions, we're going. It wasn't like that. So that change for us was a process of, of figuring it out. I find Abram's... When God says, go, and he just goes, I find that truly remarkable. Then the other guy in Scripture that we read about today is Nicodemus, right? And Nicodemus is a Pharisee. He's a good Pharisee. He knows the law. He understands the books. He practices it. He's a student of the Word. And yet... He's heard Jesus in other um, venues, and there's something about this guy, there's something about this Jesus that piques his curiosity. And so, being a um, Pharisee and being someone who is highly thought of in his community, he goes to visit Jesus under the cover of night. Doesn't want his buddies to see him, right? And he starts asking Jesus questions. And did you notice the questions? They're kind of, his questions are physical questions, and Jesus' answers are spiritual answers. They're talking about two different realms. And Nicodemus is really struggling with understanding the spiritual realm when all he can think about, how do you climb back into your mother's womb? How do you get born again? Nicodemus was having to was struggling with change as well. All of his preconceived ideas, the faith tradition with which he grew up, everything about what he thought he knew to be true was being challenged by this Jesus, by this person who he saw was special and had something to teach him and had piqued his curiosity, but Nicodemus was having to face all of his assumptions and everything that he thought he knew and was being asked to change. Sometimes I think that kind of change is harder for us than picking up and going from point A to point B. Putting aside everything we think we know for what might really be the truth, what might really be God speaking to us. I love this story of a... I like to put it on the East Coast. An East Coast Episcopal church. Very staid congregation. Very, everything was done decently and in order. And a newcomer came to the church and was kind of sitting towards the back, as a newcomer often will do. And, and partway through the reading of the first lesson, the newcomer, a man, kind of had this outburst. And he went, glory, glory, glory glory and he got some strange looks and people sitting next to him kind of scooted a little farther away and and then during the priest's sermon something the priest had said really touched his heart and he said glory 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 now people were kind of sighing heavily moving away, giving him dirty looks, you know you know the behavior you've probably experienced it at one point or another, heavy sighs things calm down and then the offertory song comes in, and he's so moved, he stands up and says glory glory, glory well at this point they'd had enough, so the usher went up to him tapped him on the shoulder and said, Sir, we're going to have to ask you to be quiet. You're disturbing the rest of the congregation. Glory, glory, glory. (laughs) And he said, I've got the glory of God. And the usher said, well, you didn't get it here. (laughs) One of my favorite stories. congregation was confronted with change, right? With something that wasn't familiar, that didn't feel good to them, that wasn't decent and in order. So for them, it was rather shocking to have someone praising God in their midst in a very unorthodox, Pentecostal-type way. So when we feel or sense Or understand that God is calling us to change, whether it's change a behavior or change our location or change a job or fill in the blank. How do we know that it's God's voice we're hearing, that it's the movement of the Holy Spirit that's calling us into change? question I hear all the time when I'm talking to people that are facing change and trying to and struggling with what it is they're supposed to do or how they can tell or how they know. Father Michael on Ash Wednesday asked us to consider a theme for this Lent and that theme is to listen. You'll notice that um, Abram listened to God. God said, go, and he went. You'll notice that Nicodemus also listened to God. The difference between Abram and Nicodemus is we know that Abram went. We're not quite sure about Nicodemus. I like to think he did change his mind because there is one little indication in Scripture later in the story that he was the one that brought the spices to anoint Jesus' body after he was crucified. So I think Nicodemus did experience change, did listen, did go the way that Christ was teaching him to go. So the first step in in, um, making a change, whatever kind of change you might feel like God is calling you to, is to listen, to listen. And the second thing that I think, based on Nicodemus and based on Abram, is to trust. Is to trust that God, who loves each and every one of us, would never, ever call us into something that would be destructive to us. It might be hard as all get out, but God won't call us into something that is contrary to scriptural truth. God will never call us into something a behavior that isn't um, doesn't follow God's um, God's call to us to be loving and forgiving and kind and and gracious and um, accepting and um, open armed to the world. God won't call us into something like that. So trust the one who holds your future. That's the second step. Abram obviously did it, and I kind of think, based on the evidence of Nicodemus taking spices to Jesus' burial, that he did too. And then the third thing is to actually do what you think you're hearing from God. First you listen, then you trust, and then you do it. And the doing can kind of be like an experiment, right? (laughs) You may not even know what you're doing, but you're trying to follow what it is that God is calling you into, the change that God is calling you into. And the final thing is, is to look for the blessing. In the story of Abraham, God promises Abraham that he's going to bless him, that he's going to bless the whole nation, that he's going to bless his family. That they're going to be as, his descendants will be as numerous as stars. We all heard those passages. Look for the blessing in the change and continue to listen. When Dave and I went to seminary, you know, um, we left our family, we left our friends, we left our house, we left our church family. um, And it was kind of scary to do that. And the other thing, because we were both going to seminary at the same time, we had no source of income. (laughs) Three years of seminary in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, away from everything that we knew and everybody we knew, and no source of income. Our bishop paid for our education, but that still left room and board and um, other expenses. And we had invited people that were in our community, were blessed with a large community, to um, pray about it and see if they would be willing to pledge money or and or support us. And we did. We got kind of a regular stream of, of support from people from lots of different churches and from the Curcio community and personal friends and uh, a Jewish orthopedist that was one of Dave's best friends. Just a lot, you know, a real big variety of community. But still, you know, it was hard to make ends meet. And I remember one day I was sitting with the bills in our study and I was talking to Dave and I said, you know, I'm not quite sure which one I shouldn't pay this month, you know, because there's not enough money to pay them all. And, and kind of feeling, you know, a little bit scared and frustrated and all those things that you feel when there's not enough money to pay um, your bills. And I got a call from the finance office at the seminary. All the checks came through the finance office. They handled it and put it in a a seminary account for us. And the gal that worked the finance office, her name was, curiously, Angel. And she was. And she said, Karen, I just, I got the weirdest check. It's not from someone you usually get one from. And it's a $5,000 check. And... And I I just said, praise the Lord! (laughs) So so when God told us to go, we did. Kind of wondering how it was going to work out, but we did. And God continued to provide. And so when we we hear God say, it's time to change your attitude. It's time to change your location, your job, your fill-in-the-blank, We listen to that, we trust, we do, and then the blessings come. And those blessings help to continue to build our faith. Our faith in the one who promises to care for us. Even when it gets hard, even when it's scary, even when life is uncertain. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Please stand as together we affirm our faith, saying, You, O God, are supreme and holy. You create our worlds.